The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. you to find uh, in your Bibles, please, Psalm 2. And uh, I'm going to deliver this message uh, without notes for you. My notes are mostly written on the tablet of my heart as God has really touched me uh, over the past week. Uh, it's not all that unusual, but he pulled me out of the series that we're in. We're doing a series on studies on the life of Joseph have about three messages left and thought we would knock out one of those and it's been great. Anybody else been encouraged by the messages on Joseph? So we called it Studies in Life of Joseph. I, I thought about calling it Go Joe or something like that, but I think there's a hand cream or hand lotion or something like that. Anyway, I just thought it's Studies in the Life of Joseph. So we'll get back to that at the leading of the Lord. Again, don't miss tonight. Um, Pastor Aaron is going to bring the heat. He's a very anointed man of God, tremendous prophetic unction on this couple. You don't want to miss tonight. It's going to be a blowout service. It's going to be tremendous. Psalm 2, we're going to look at this. I've been stirred. What stirred me was uh, numerous things. Uh, one, I stepped away from my normal schedule to catch 120 reds at the Kenai, and uh, I have gutted so many fish and seen so much salmon that I get semi-sick when I even think about it, uh, so we'll have to wait a few weeks until my desire for salmon comes back. Have you ever seen so many salmon? You're like, I don't, I don't want to. Oh, like, I close my eyes and I see fish eyes. Does anybody know? I'm like, ah, ah, ah. Anyway, very thankful for the harvest that God gave us. It was really supernatural. Uh, and then was able to take some time to just step away from my normal schedule. I shut some things down and uh, just stepped away. Corey Tenboom says this, beware of the barrenness of a busy life. And sometimes we can so be so busy, even about the things of ministry, that which it is for me, maybe it's business, maybe you're a teacher, maybe you're a lawyer, maybe you're a doctor, I don't know, family life, how many laundry? How, how many of you just need to get away from your laundry sometimes? Thank God for washing machines. They used to do it by hand with a board over a tub. Glory to God. But you need to step away. Many times you have to step away from what you're doing to hear what God wants to say afresh to you. And you need to have a daily life of seeking Him and praying and getting fresh manna. But as we stepped away, I keep my finger on the pulse of the news, which I think every intercessor ought to do, even though much of it's not true. And I'll talk about that here in a moment. Uh, but our president, President Donald Trump, made a, sent out a tweet, and I get his tweets on my, how many of you know what a tweet is? Okay, it's a way of communicating through 40 characters, I think it is. And so uh, I, I get his tweets, and I, I saw that he was basically rejecting the transgender um, alignment of the armed forces. And although it hasn't been enacted into law just yet, I was stirred and, and thrilled by that. And uh, I have compassion for those who are confused and struggle with with that kind of confusion and torment and bondage, I, I, I do. We help people like that, and we're, we're very glad that Jesus is the answer. 
that he can heal every wound, that he can, he can heal every woe, that he's a, a balm in Gilead, that he can not only heal your heart, heal your emotions, he can take away shame, take away guilt, take away confusion. Every cell in your body, if you're a man, says you're a man. Every cell in your body, if you're a woman, says you're a woman. And it's not confused that way, even though many have made it uh, really a, a, a civil issue. In other words, if you're black, you're black. You were born black. That's not the way it is. You know, if, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're native, if you're, if you're Caucasian, if you're Italian, that, that's wonderful. Those are, those are the, the genes that you born into that family. That's not the way it is with homosexuality, even though they've made it that way. It's a choice. Hello. All right. And so, so it, it's sad when we begin to make laws based on our own reason and what we think is right. You can, vote on, you can vote on what the speed limit is. You can't vote on what is morally right and morally wrong. And, you know, I have people that will throw stones at me for that. And, uh, and I'm going to stand up and say it every day of the week, all day long, with the love of God. Same is true as the legalization of marijuana, I think, is ridiculous as well. A gateway drug for sure. And I know that there's, that there's medicinal purposes. But I've seen people use a medicinal reason to smoke dope and have a bong hit and all that. And, uh, and just smoke away their problems. And it might have relieved pressure to their glaucoma, but how about let's believe God to get healed from your glaucoma, healed from your... I've had, I've had PTSD. I've had people that said, oh, if it wasn't for marijuana, I, I would have killed myself with PTSD. We've got people with PTSD got totally set free. They weren't, they weren't able to work. They weren't able to function. I'm not mocking any of that. I'm just telling you, Jesus... Come on. He's a pain taker. He's a way maker. And many times we'll raise up things to get in our way or become idols for us so that we actually don't receive the real thing. And so as I heard that, I was stirred and I began to pray. And, and you know, we are, under a, we are in a tremendous battle, a tremendous battle. So that brings us to Psalm 2. I have limited time. Psalm 2. Here we go. You can stay in your seats for this morning. Usually we stand, but for this morning we'll do it a little bit differently. Psalm 2. Why do the nations conspire and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand. The rulers again to gather together against the Lord, against His anointed one. Then verse 3 is, is them saying, in other words, those who were against God say, let us break their chains, they say, and overthrow their fetters. Stop. Psalm 2, many scholars believe, is a, is a historical psalm about David in, in 2 Samuel chapter 5. You'll want to turn there and hold your finger there. We're going to go there in a moment. It is, of course, a messianic psalm as it's talking about Jesus, the Messiah, is going to come. He is the anointed one. But it's also, uh, many believe, in reference to David as David becomes king. And so... This morning, I want to talk about the, the, the tension we find ourselves in, the cultural war, the problem we find ourselves in in America and in the Western world with, the, with the, the powers of Islam, the powers of Christianity, darkness raging everywhere. Never before in the history of our country, you can't say in the history of the world, but in the history of our country has Christian, Christianity been so ghettoized. They have pushed us out of schools, pushed us out of government, pushed us out of all kinds of things, called us ridiculous. They've got uh, shows and cartoons that make fun of believers that live next door. They're constantly mocking, constantly belittling, constantly saying, let us throw off 
their chains. To us as believers, the protection of the Lord, the, the chains of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord, the walls of His Word hem us in before and behind, and they protect us. But to a world who wants to rage in sin, to a world who wants to fornicate, commit adultery, smoke, and do whatever kind of things they want to, a, 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 a godless, antichrist, antarchical, anti, anti, what's the word? No government, anarchy type mentality they want to throw off that and say I just want to have freedom don't tell me what to do don't tell me who to sleep with don't tell me where I should go or how I should vote I just want to do whatever I want to do there's way too many eyes in there and so they said let us throw off their chains and their shackles I love the next verse the next verse says verse 4 the one enthroned in heaven laughs the Lord scoffs at them. This is a new international version for this morning. Then he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king in Zion, my holy hill. Heavenly Father, today, I pray in the moments that remain in this service, that you would give us living understanding that as I preach, it would burn faith in all of our hearts. That those that listen at a later date would be impacted. And that your word would go forth like a clarion call to this next generation. To each and every family, God, come and do what you love to do. Say what you want to say. Move the way you want to move. We will not stop you. God, we give you liberty to do all that is in your heart. Let your kingdom come right now. May we be forever changed because of it in the name of Jesus. So this is the world we find ourselves in where we are laughed at, mocked at. But it says here in verse 4, which is absolutely true, that he who sits in Zion laughs. It's like an ant arguing with a boot heel. I don't know how the world and the devil tries to compete with God, but it's a joke. And so many Christians are so focused on what the devil's doing, conspiracy theory, and, and uh, on and on, and the mark of the beast, the Illuminati, and all that. And, or is all that true? Oh, I'm, I'm sure much of it is true. I, I've tried to study some of that, and, and the Lord won't let me. I, I mean, it's like my brain breaks. I've had people give me books, give me stuff, give me letters, all kinds of stuff about the Illuminati, and all of the, you know, the Agenda 21, and all this stuff. And there's so much going on, and you could lose your mind on the internet studying all the schemes and all the stratagem of the devil. I mean, you just want to, like, end up living underneath your bed, praying in emergency tongues, waving a white flag, Jesus, come and save us. Come on, tell you something. I don't do that. I'm not allowed to do that. He won't let me do it and I'll tell you why here's the way it is for me and I do believe that there are people anointed and called to study and expose those things that's just not me I, I like to think of myself and the Lord gave me this scripture even as I was preparing this message he said you know when the disciples saw Jesus ascend he ascended and the angels are like what are you looking at and they're like he said he's going to come back the same way and I'll get everybody saved I mean I'm paraphrasing I, I am more about reaching the lost, loving God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, taking authority over darkness, infirmity, and disease, and bringing his kingdom. I'm not so concerned about what the devil does. And if you as a believer are so focused on what the devil does, I will tell you, you are what you think about most is what, what you're worshiping. So some of you are devil worshiper. 
You think about the, I'm messing with you a little bit. I'm just saying, if you're constantly wringing your hand, oh no, oh no, oh, oh, oh no, oh, no. Man, you need to get filled with the Spirit or something. Luke, change your focus. Change your focus. Because he who sits in Zion laughs. I'm going to tell you, God has a plan for this nation. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for me. God has a plan for our church. God has a plan for the world. God has a master plan. Focus on his plan. If we would spend half the time that many people focus on the devil and start focusing on God, how about you live like Christ lived. How about we get on fire and let the Lord just sort it out? How about you keep your bitterness out of your heart and, and stay on fire and in tune and walk in step, abiding with Him, remaining in Him, and let God sort it out? Somebody says, is, is, are you a pre-tribber? Pre-trib? Mid-trib? Post-trib? I'm none of them. I'm really intelligent enough to at least I feel that way. I just, I don't know. I mean, I could argue pre, I could argue mid, and I could argue post. And it's just like the Lord's like, don't worry about it. I'm so, I'm pan. I've said that before. I'm pan. It's all going to pan out. Be tripping. Come on, look at your neighbor and so be tripping. He goes on to say, I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son today, You've, I have become your father. It's a messianic psalm. It was also talking about David. And I believe he's talking to us. Ask of me and I will give you the nations. Give the nations your inheritance at the ends of the earth, your possession. You'll rule them with an iron scepter. And you will dash them to pieces like pottery. Wow. Ask of me. Make a decree. What's this saying is in the midst of the conspiracy, in the midst of the, the media push, you know, most of the stuff you hear in the media is flat out not true. And I want to just shock you for a moment to tell you, which is kind of overwhelming, but you can go study it yourself. There's about 15,000 people that make decisions for billions in this nation. And if you are so dull, that's not very nice. We can be seduced and boiled to the point where we don't realize that what we're hearing and what we're seeing is not necessarily true. And there is a setup from the enemy to dumb down our culture, to feed us all the kind of foods that poison us. I believe that. I mean, you go follow the money. You can look all kinds of follow the money of medical. I mean, I'm thanking God for wisdom in the medicine and hospitals and all of that. But so many people are addicted to medication when they could have, like our beloved sister, got set free from anxiety. Instead, they're popping anxiety pills. I mean, you go on and talk about, no, oh, Jesus, help me. The point is, focus on God. Focus on His kingdom. Ask of me, I'll give you the nations. Ask of me, and I, come on, God wants to give your kids something greater than a pension. God wants to give your kids something greater than, than your, your personal inheritance. I don't know how much money you have, and I don't really care, but whatever you're going to give to your kids, they need a whole lot more than money. I've seen people have money and destroy themselves. I've seen people inherit things, and they squabble over it for generations, and brothers and sisters get destroyed, and he got it, she got it, and we argue, and they, they're like, no, he wasn't fit when he had that and he was perfectly fit he was just bitter and didn't like you you need healing of that too and you go to you go to the court and work it out and try to fight it and the whole families have been separated because of 
because of people's inheritance. I'm going to tell you there's an inheritance that cannot be spoiled. There's an inheritance that God wants to give you. But you need to learn to ask of Him. You need to seek Him, ask Him for it. I turned 50 over a year ago. So that makes me 51. I feel like I'm 25 unless I need to play sports and I find I need to stretch a whole lot more. Sometimes when I get up, I'm not moving as fast as I used to. Just takes a little, just got to kind of get going a little. It's like starting a motor. Once I get going, it's all good. I feel great. Praise the Lord. But I found when I crossed to 50, and now I'm, now I'm 51. And I know some of you are like, dude, you, you're spring chicken still. I know, I know. I mean, we're gonna, I'm, you're going to 120. I'm going to go to 120. I'm going to fulfill my destiny. I'm pushing all my chips to the middle of the table. I'm going to live forever anyway, whether we die to go to meet him or he comes to get us. Right? But I, be, I began to take stock in my life to say, I'm 50 now, and really, God has already done it for me. I, I, I didn't think I'd be standing where I'm standing right now. And, and for those that know me for many, many years, they knew I wouldn't be standing here, but some of them. And though I'm here in my right mind, mostly, I've got a pulse today. My wife dearly loves me. I'm in love with my wife. We're just super blessed. I'm realizing that this thing... And I've been realizing this for years now, but this is not about me. And it's not about my dream. And it's not about my life. And it is absolutely about my children. It is absolutely about this next generation. And if you are become nearsighted in your wall, I'm going to tell you, blink, ask any older person. Just ask me. Ask any older person, how fast has the time gone by? You blink. You blink, you're 30. Blink again, you're 50. And it's just like, my gosh, every day counts. And by the fact that we'll stand before the judge of all the earth to give account for our lives makes every infinitesimal second of your life count. All right. God has a plan and his plan really is to use the church to bring about a real change in our nation and in the earth. And if the church doesn't wake up to what I'm about to say, we'll lose our nation. Now, I'm going to tell you, Christians were excited when Reagan, many Christians were excited when Reagan was made president. Some of you might remember that. Okay, wonderful. Some of you were excited when Bush became president. Some of you weren't so excited afterward. Some of you were thrilled about President uh, Donald Trump being made president. Other of you were disgusted. It sure brought a divide right down the line. I'm going to tell you that government's role is not to bring revival. Government never brought revival. There are kings through the Old Testament that... that really ushered in revival. May that be the case. But the truth is that government's role is to bring peace, to restrain evil, so the church can do its job. That's the role of government. And Donald Trump and all his cabinet, God bless them, they can pray in tongues for the entire next four years, and if they get voted in again the next four, it's still not going to bring revival. 
It might bring a change of some laws and different things. I mean, you need to, we need to pray for our president. We needed to pray for President Barack Obama. We need to pray for President Trump. It doesn't matter how you voted. You live in this nation. It's going to rain on your head no matter how it is. We need to pray. We need to believe. We need to ask for protection and honor him because we're an honorable nation. Not whether you agree with him or not. You need to pray. God can meet. Listen, you look at the lives of presidents and how they came to office. You know, the great emancipator, Lincoln, he came in really as a marginal believer, if a believer at all. But a pastor, a pastor from the New York Presbyterian Church in Washington, D.C., met with him, discipled him, led him to the Lord, and he became the great emancipator. He became someone who fought for civil rights and turned our nation, and he declaring uh, in his own words that the judgment on America was the Civil War. And we lost more lives. And the Civil War was not so much about race, although that was a big part of it, it had a lot to do with money. And in this age where communism is raging and now North Korea can shoot missiles at us, you thought you were coming for some John 3.16. We'll get to that in the end. We'll get to John. John 3.16, great scripture. We'll get there at the end. And in this world that we live, where we could be hit now by a nuke from North Korea, we have got to come to an awakening that we have to see the king installed in Zion. What does that mean? Glad you asked. Second, second Samuel 5. Stop the clock. Jesus, help me. Second Samuel 5, I'll reference it. I won't read it. Here's what's taking place. David is made king. His first active king, he's anointed as king. His first active king is to take a place called Zion, the city of Zion, the stronghold of Zion. Let's back up in history a little bit. The promised land was promised to Abraham. Abraham passed on those generational promises. The promises of God are the basis by which we pray. And they are yes and amen, but you need to pass them on. And so that they were passed on. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He's a multi-generational God. Abraham got the promise. Passed it on to his son. Passed it on to his son. And eventually Moses became the deliverer. This, this is a history here. Biblical history on steroids. Moses became the deliverer. He goes, he delivers God's children out of Egypt by the mighty acts of God. And he's going to bring them into the promised land. But they couldn't believe God because the giants were too big and their God was too small. They had an identity issue, not unlike today. People have no idea who they are, so they cow down to the pressures of media, pressures of people, instead of really knowing that they're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, instead of really knowing who they are in Christ. If you don't know who you are, then the devil can lie to you about who you aren't. And so... They're supposed to take the promised land, but they can't. So God's got to wait for a whole generation to die off, 40 years. And God raises up a Joshua. Joshua goes in and conquers and pushes out and drives out, does this conquest of Canaan's land. But he doesn't finish. He doesn't finish the job. He leaves some in the land. They were supposed to be driven out. They were supposed to be rejected. They're supposed to be smite. But he doesn't drive them out. And they end up leaving this group called the Jebusites on the very high place of all the promised land, which is called Zion. And so Joshua passes away and God finds a David. And I'm going to tell you, God's looking for Davids in this hour. He finds a David and David is anointed as, 
as the next king at some young age of 17. He becomes a national hero, striking down Goliath. And he has to go through the, 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 the torturous training of being rejected by his father-in-law who tried to kill him. You thought your father-in-law was bad. This guy tried to kill him with javelins. On and on and on. And David is eventually made king. And there's so much teaching and training in the life of David. We'll have to do a series on the life of David. But he becomes king and the first thing he does, the first thing he does is kick the stinking Jebusites out of the promised land. And they were settled in this place called Zion. So he gathers there and the only way, you can go read uh, Chronicles, uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 11. It's told in a couple different, couple different places. He goes, they're going to take this promised land, they're going to drive out the Jebusites. And it's not unlike today. Media, education, school, the arts are controlled mostly by Jebusites. Mostly by unbelieving people who make decisions and those decisions determine how tight your jeans are today. They determine what kind of clothes you're wearing. Really. They determine the, the whole look. There's a whole gangster culture that glorifies shooting people and all that. There, there's a whole movement that's take, taking over the nerve centers of our nation because the Jebusites have not been removed. So what to hold on to that thought? What David does is he gathers his men and he's, they, they find out how to do it. They said somebody's got to go up the, the water shaft. Well, that's not a water shaft. It's a sewage pipe. That's what it is. Now, I've really not dealt much with sewage up until the recent years as uh, I got a camper. And uh, the camper uh, on this recent journey was overfilled, you know. Because sometimes those little sensors, anybody know what I'm talking about? You get these little sensors of black water, and, you know, when they go red, you know, you want to stop. It's time to use the public restroom and go dump your tank. So those things lie mostly because they get stuff hung up on the sensors. Uh, but apparently this one was true. So... It's, it's full. And we, we come to the beautiful Fred Myers in Soldatna. And I get on my gloves. And it's time for Pastor Septic. Right? And, and everybody's in line. Everybody's got to deal with their tanks. And I get the, this hose out. And I fix it to the bottom of the nasty. And I pop the top on this absolutely disgusting pit of death. And, and when I'm doing that, I've learned not to breathe through my nose. It just, don't breathe through your nose. I'm not sure which is worse, actually, because you're just inhaling all of that instead of it going through the filter of your giant forest of nose hairs, which I've cultivated over about 50 years. Some of you 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds, you all know. Yeah, you got, you got trees up in there to block some of that stuff, right? You know what I'm talking about. It comes out my ears, too. Praise God. I think I'm going to get one of those waxing kits. Maybe you can help me, Hannah. Just kind of, ah, and put it out of here. Anyway. And so, you know, I'm thinking about all that. And, and so I grab the, the black handle 
That's the one you want to pull that opens the valve. I'm like, okay, this can be rugged right here. I'm like, I hope that hose is connected right. That's my fear is I pull that and the hose blasts off and it goes all over my shoes, you know, something like that. Anyway, I'm, poof, I pull it and the whole camper's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, whoa, what I do? whoa. When it says that Joab went up the water shaft, it's a sewage pipe. And I'm going to tell you, for too long, we have not trained our kids, trained people, trained the body of Christ. We said the pinnacle of calling is to be a pastor, to be an evangelist, to be a preacher. It's not true. It's a lie from hell. If you're called to pastor, you better get after it. But if you're called to business, you better get after it. And if you're called to be a teacher... Fantastic. Called to be a preacher? Fantastic. Every single one of us is ordained in what we're called to do. You better find out what your calling is and get involved. And serve in the house of God, yes. And serve in the community, yes. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the president of, of the United States is, is a spirit-filled Christian? Maybe he is, maybe he is. I don't really know. But wouldn't it be wonderful if our lawmakers had the fear of God? Wouldn't it be wonderful if, if those decision makers in the school would bring prayer back because things changed? We have not raised this next generation. Where's my youth at? I'm telling you, you could change the world. You could change the world. Get a bigger vision than just making it through high school. Get a bigger vision than just surviving. Get a bigger vision than, than even just having a family. That's a holy, wonderful thing. Get on fire. Become like a Joab. Swim right into the culture and open the gate is what he did. He opened the gate and he let David's men in and they took the stronghold of Zion. I am, I'm done with, my time is gone. I'm telling you. What? Oh, you like that one. Okay. I'm uh, thanks. I'm telling you, we need to train our, our youth and train our families. We'll disciple them here. We're going to have more camps. More people are going to get filled. More people going to... But listen, if you don't have that in your home, sir, ma'am, if you don't have that in your home, no matter what happens here, it's, well, that's not entirely true. Because a touch of God can override whatever nonsense you might have in your house. But maybe you need to turn off your pornography. Maybe you need to quit teaching them to lie when the bill collector calls. And you say, just tell them I'm not here. Tell them I'm not here. Yeah, you're teaching them to lie. You want them to know the word, then you better be in the word. Quoting the word, memorizing the word, praying. I'm, I'm going to tell you, those, those smartphones aren't all that smart. They bring more defilement. And I'm going to tell you, there's apps to hide the apps. And if you don't know what your kid has on their phone, then you're in for a big surprise. You think, well, listen, I was one incredible liar when I was a child. Oh, I had a lying spirit. I'm not looking at my mama. My mama's over there. I'm going over here. Praise God. Look at Jesus. Let's go over here. I learned to lie. I learned to, I learned to do it. You say, well, no, my kid's perfect. They just love God. Good, I'm glad. I hope so. But you have to have structures in place. Listen, I love God too, but I have got structures in place so that the enemy, he can't make his way in because my wife will see it. My brothers will see it. So if I even get confused or deluded to the point where the enemy's going to try to wake his way, I've set my life up. I've got hedges of protection. There ain't no way I'm going back to the sewer that God brought me out of. We need to teach our kids to walk in holy, holiness and purity. need to teach them to love God. We need to raise up a generation of Joabs and launch them into the media. Launch them into the arts. Launch them into the church too. Launch them into the nerve centers of our, of our world. And if we don't, if we don't do that, we will lose this nation.
Zimbabwe, I read this, has been won 15 times. One, do you know what I mean by one? In other words, the gospel is preached in crusades that 15 times over they say Zimbabwe has been saved. I thought that's an exaggeration, and I don't know if it's true, but let me just say, let's call it five times. Let's cut that figure a third and a third. So five times. And yet today, even with a nation that's been won five times, the average male has 13 sex partners. What's the problem? Oh, we reached them, but we didn't disciple them, and we didn't teach them to rule. You must teach your family, teach your kids to rule. Rule their tongue, to rule their body, to control their passions, and to learn to live in the midst of a sewer. You and I are living in the midst of a sewer. It's all around us. But there are Joabs that will go up, swim, and open the gate. And, and you know what's interesting after this, and I, I've got to close, is that the, the king of Tyre comes and offers all of this provision. I believe that the church will begin to do its job. All the money that you could ever dream of to do what God's called us to do will be released. You know, the Kennedy family, the Kennedy family, you might not like them. John F. Kennedy. You go into the Kennedy household, this is true. If you went into their household when those boys were being raised, let me tell you what you saw. What you saw. I'm not saying they were a godly family. I, I, I can't criticize them. They certainly did things that were not right, and I don't know all the history. But this I know that's interesting as a part of the Kennedy. How many of you know the Kennedys? He said, well, he's president. They were president and, and all that because they were wealthy. There's far wealthier families. That's not why. If you went into the Kennedy home and you walked up and down their hallways, the Mama Kennedy, who was that, Mom? Rose Kennedy. Let me tell you about Rose Kennedy. Thank you. She had pictures of the White House. She had pictures of, of, government, of government places and would tell her little kids, you're going to one day run this country. Now, I'm convicted when I hear that. I've told my kids all my life they're world changers. I prophesied over them after they were born. We prayed them through death attacks when they were born. And I told them all their life they're going to be world changers. But I realize that there was more I could have done, and thank God I'm not done. I thank God I got a freshman. Where's my freshman? Where's, I, I, I got a, I got a, yeah, come on, son. Going to change the world. You need to teach your kids how to overcome. You need to install the king in Zion, in your house, in your TV, in, your, in everything that you do. Why? Because we have to invade this culture. And let me say just... A couple more things and I'll be completed. Pastor Allen. Look at your neighbor and say, man, it's just good to be in church. Praise God. I don't know who he's talking to, but man, this is pretty good. When you've got to ask yourself, why are people in their shame louder and bolder than, than the church in their righteousness? Why is that? Why is that? Ask yourself that. Well, why would, what would that be the reason? David takes a stronghold of Zion. Then there's some other battles with the Philistines. And if you study it, it's not really clear whether that happened before or after. It's not necessarily chronological as you read through. Do you know what the next thing that David did? The next thing that David did, get his boys together, go get the ark. Well, let me just tell you, Jebusite means, the meaning of Jebusite is strong polluter. The ark is a picture of the glory of God. It's the place where the, the, the Ten Commandments were, the rod of Aaron that budded. And, and it was left 
by Saul in some person's house for 20 years. Godly leadership can either usher in the glory of God or not. I've, I've heard people say, well, I'm just, we're just going to bring the glory. But listen, if you can't get in the kitchen, it's hard to change the food. And God's glory, who may ascend the hill of the Lord, Psalm 119, him who has a clean hands and a pure heart. You want God's power. You want God's authority. You want to walk in that. Then you better get the Jebusite off your house. You got, you got to move the, the Jebusite off, the strong polluter. David, well-meaning, didn't know how to carry the ark. The ark is to be carried on the shoulders of men, and that's how the glory of God is carried. It's carried in your heart. It's carried in mine and put on display everywhere we go for the boldness and fire and the zeal. Not afraid of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. I'm not, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And my flesh and the pressure sometimes just gets on you. Shake that thing off. How about get as radical as they're radical for their agenda? How about get radical for that? What if they don't like me? They don't already, already don't like you. There's only two or three people that like you, actually, statistically. So you might as well just go for it. And David figured it out with the help of the priests, and they brought the ark back to Jerusalem, which is the city of David, which is... Zion. And they had this veilless worship. God had rules of how to worship him, but the Lord just ignored it all for just a moment because of his passion, his zeal to take the promised land, to evict demonic intruders, to kick the Jebusites off, and there's this veilless worship. To the youth, I say this to you. You're going to have a great move of God, but you're going to have to enter into this removing of the, of the polluter you're about to be dipped back in the cesspool of the public school. Some of you. How are you going to handle it? Are you going to be able to handle it? The only way you can handle living in a cesspool is by having a whole bunch of rushing water coming out of you. You drop a hose in a cesspool, cesspool water doesn't go up the hose if the hose is on. Listen, you, listen you, you don't get darkness out of a room except by turning on a light. You turn on a light to drive out darkness. If some of the youth that are even here listen to this to the sound of my voice, or those of you going off to university, turn on the light! Because the darkness will never satisfy you. And if we don't see a generation become like unto Joab, swimming up the cesspool and getting into the media, getting into the places. I mean, there's, I think there's 150 people about that determine what you see on your TV. Fox, CNN, NBC. About 150 people. And there's a whole agenda to make us stupid and to sideline us and to ghettoize Christianity. And I think the Lord gave us about another hour through this last election. We need to pray for our president. We need to raise our children up after nurture and admonition of the Lord. Can you say amen? And if you've not been doing it, repent. Correct yourself. Get back in the game. It's not too late. You said my kids are out of the house. It doesn't matter. They'll see you change no matter where they are. Do your best. And even in, even in doing your best as you pray, the enemy's crafty and he wants to try to take every one of our kids. He wants to try to destroy them. Nevertheless, 
David took the stronghold of Zion. We will take the stronghold of Zion. I'll close with this. Those of you that have children that are being sent off or going off to the military, God bless you, Stephen, and the Hurleys and different ones. You send your kids off. Maybe you're not at that stage. Maybe you already did. I'm about to send my daughter to college. Rejoice. And you pray your ears off for them that they would invade the culture, that they would turn things upside down. In the military, Brother Toby, amen. Military needs godly men. Our nation needs godly men and women to to take the stronghold of Zion. If we don't take the mountains of influence, we will not see the nation go the way it's supposed to go. It's a a time where it's going to become either a goat nation. Are you hearing me? A goat nation or a sheep nation? So there's other nations that are far worse yet, but too much has been given, much is required. And we have been blessed because of the gospel. That's why we have what we have. Stand up on your feet all across this place. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Ask God to help you. Ask God to help you. I didn't nearly get to this. It's all about the Messiah. It's about David. But in application for us, we need to take the stronghold of Zion. We need to take the nerve centers. Ask that God would help you. That you would fulfill your calling, destiny, and purpose. As far as it depends on you. Oh, I'll quote John F. Kennedy. Ask not what the nation can do for you, but what can you do for the nation? You can get on fire and you can world change, change the world through your children, through your influence, spiritual or natural. You can raise up on fire firebrands that everywhere they go, they're like turning on a light, like a burning, shining lamp. We can impact the schools, impact the high school, impact the colleges, impact the nation, impact the business business community, the arts. Come on, just lift your voice and pray for America. God, we lift up our country and we pray, oh God, that you would help us to release our brightest and our best into these places to cause our nation turn. Turn from idolatry and back to you. Oh God, for this reason the son of God was manifested he might destroy the works of the devil it's time for the church to come out of the closet everybody else has come out it's time for us to come out and be bold I pray God for a boldness right now come on lift your hands we're almost done I pray for boldness right now give me all of the youth line them up quickly 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 come quickly quick all the way across the front jump on the keys lift your hands lift your hands come on just a moment longer I I might go five minutes over it's just two minutes of one Lunch will wait. Come on. God's going to touch these kids. Come on. You ready? Come on. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Come on. Begin to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit. Maylene, come up here. 
Lord, in Jesus' name, we stand with these. The future of the church, the future representing the future of our nation. We ask right now that you would come by your power. You'd come by your anointing. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost, come right now. Let your power come right now. Mark me. No, they'll be like unto Joab, knowing the word, filled with the spirit, able to invade the culture. They'll be like burning, shining lamps, just like you. Many never to taste the pain, the torment that the devil wants to convince is some sugar-coated wonderfulness. They'll walk in freedom, power, and authority. Can you say amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, don't leave this place without being reconciled to Him. There's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain, and Jesus died on a cross and rose again from the grave for you. You're separated because of your sin. 
Your sin separates you. If your mom or your dad repented, that's wonderful, but you need to. Once you come the age of decision, the age of accountability, you have to make your own decision. And in the end, when we all stand before him, it'll just be you and God. You won't be able to point the finger at anybody. You won't be able to say anything, blame anyone. Because all of us, all of us have the opportunity to have our sins forgiven and to make heaven our home. You make heaven your home by believing on Jesus and repenting of all of your sin. If you need to get right with God because you drifted, maybe you received Him before, but you drifted. In other words, you're not on fire today and you know it. You need to come back to the Lord. Or if you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, all across this place, if that's you, want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, or you drifted and you want to come home, you want to get rid of your compromise and get on fire, if that's you, would you slip your hand up right now? Just slip your hand up all across this place. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. See that hand. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. God bless you. Let's all pray this prayer right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Break every chain. Break every bondage. And every assignment of darkness. Every generational curse. And use me. For the purpose which you've created me. That I would be. A burning. Shining. Lamp. For you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Lift your hands all across this place. Let me bless you. Fill with the Spirit. If you've never been filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you can do that for you right now. Holy Spirit, right now fill. Touch. If you have the freedom to pray in your heavenly language, just go ahead and do it. Just 90 seconds and church is done for this morning. Come on, pray in the Holy Spirit. Be filled. You need the power of God to resist the power of darkness. You need the power of the Spirit to witness. In the name of Jesus, thank you. We praise you. Put your hands together for God. Come on. Invade the culture. Invade the culture. Invade the culture. Invade it. Let me bless you. Father, thank you for what you've done today. Now bless your people. Bring us back tonight for a powerful display of your kingdom. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Hope to see you tonight. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.